It's time once again for the Super Black Podcast, and today we're talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Damn, it feels good to be back in the saddle. This is Super Black. I'm your host, Carl Waldron. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to go to super.black. That's right. That's the website, super.black, for all your black fandom needs. Subscribe to the podcast on any platform or head over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the bell and subscribe to the podcast there. I mean, that's where we have the videos. That's where we have the RSS feed. You can get everything. Well, not everything. The articles are on super.black. Today, we're talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is one of those topics that I debated for a while doing, but I ended up putting out an article about TMNT and their sort of influence on my life, and I figured this is a good you know, topic to kind of roll into you know, representation, identifying with people and heroes, and it kind of falls into the ethos of Super Black, right? So... I grew up in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, and TMNT was a huge part of my life. Loved them. To this day, still love TMNT. I ingest a good portion of their content. I've watched all, kind of all, 90% of the movies. Uh, I don't think I watched, I did not watch the one where they went to feudal Japan. Uh, But I did watch the most recent uh, Mutant Mayhem and the, the one on Netflix. I don't remember the name of it. My daughter wanted to watch it. Uh, And that's another one of those things where it's a franchise that has been passed down or persistent throughout the years. It's generational. My daughter tuned into TMNT uh, on her own. I didn't mention it, didn't push it on her. But I think she knew I liked TMNT and she's definitely a people pleaser. So she's like, oh, I'm going to watch that because daddy watched that. So she ended up watching the the, uh, Nickelodeon one with uh, Raphael as the leader, which bugged me to no end when I first saw it. But now I've come around because who cares? Uh, they're fake. So the reason she jumped on to TMNT is because I have a very small collection of TMNT toys. Uh, they're on display in my office. I recently went back to my apartment in Brooklyn, my apartment, my mother's apartment in Brooklyn, and I found the original, like, 1989 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures, which I will bring home and clean up. Did, did you guys know that those toys tend to get really sticky when they age because the plastic, like, there's, like, a film on the plastic that goes away and it just becomes, like, tacky? It's very uncomfortable to handle. I picked them up and I was like, this is gross. Um, but I will try and salvage them and bring them home where they belong. But that being said, the reason we're talking about TMNT is because I found myself reflecting on why I like TMNT. And as a kid, it was mostly they were ninjas, you know, they had they were colorful, they were fun, they appealed to the nerd in me for many years, and they just became a part of my life. The same way Winnie the Pooh was part of my life. Uh, That was kind of thrust upon me. But the TMNT I discovered organically. And as a kid, I collected the toys and I had the comics. 
I had the books. I had the VHS tapes. I had, my goodness, the, the sheets. I had the original, uh, what is it, 12 or 15-inch Raphael toy, the big, heavy toy. I used to carry that thing everywhere. This is all to illustrate that I was very much into TMNT. But as an adult, I'm like, why am I still engrossed in this? And not just, you know, the old TMNT, but like new versions of TMNT and the Michael Bay movies. And I've watched all that stuff, except for that Feudal Japan thing, because that's garbage. And I, I don't recall watching the entire run of them on Power Rangers, but I did see a couple and Venus always weirded me out. Uh, she threw, up the, threw off the dynamic. There was four of them. Then there was Venus. I didn't understand what her, um, her whole shtick was. I think she was yellow. Anyway, I'm veering off track in weird directions. So as an adult, I'm reflecting on TMNT, and I started to pick apart, as I normally do, aspects of the franchise that appealed to me and how they sort of map to my upbringing, let's say. So TMNT at like the, the, I would say if you strip away a lot of what they are, they're four brothers who live in abject poverty in New York City. They love martial arts. They love pop culture. They love music. You know, they have a boom box. You know, they, they idolize, uh, you know, pop culture figures and, and they love pizza. They want to be accepted by everyone around them, basically. They feel ostracized. They feel othered. They feel different. And despite all that, they want to make friends with the people who, you know, would, would shun them. And they also want to protect them. They go out of their way to be accepted just to be a part of the world around them. And I found myself going, damn, that sounds a lot like me <laughs> growing up in New York City, not in abject poverty. I wasn't poor like that, but we weren't, you know, we weren't doing great. <laughs> we were doing all right. You know, as a child, I never thought about um, my economic standing. Why should you? You're a child. But looking back, I know my mother and my father were not struggling, but they were they were getting by. Right. And after the the old man passed away, it got really difficult. But by that time, I was of an age where I could help with bills and I could work and, you know, provide for myself to take some burden off my mom. But the parallels between my life and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were enough that I was like, this can be an interesting topic to talk about and to write about. So I did. I wrote the article, which is up on Super.Black right now. You can go... Please uh, read, share, comment, like, all that good stuff so that it, the, the SERP and SEO picks it up. But I wanted to do an uh, audio episode just so you can hear kind of my thoughts on it. So having those sort of parallels between myself and the TMNT now, I feel, has strengthened my love of that franchise even more, oddly enough. They, they mirror my life not exactly, but enough that I can see myself in the turtles, right? Be wanting to be accepted, wanting to make friends, feeling a little othered, uh, feeling 
a little shunned. I was never, I was never the kid who was, you know, without friends. Uh, I was never the kid who, you know, couldn't fit in. But there was an aspect of that in my life where I always kind of felt like I didn't belong places. And it could have just been in my head because I was never outright like shunned or anything. But I was always in my own mind working to be accepted. So a lot of my personality uh, was, you know, kind of manifested because of that. So I would be funnier. You know, I would try and make people laugh, which was my way of uh, breaking down walls and kind of becoming friendly with people. Even to this day, I try and make folks uh, happy and content with, you know, whatever jokes or, you know, just pleasantries. Even this podcast is is an extension of that where I want to not only educate people about, you know, characters of color, but also I want to entertain. I want, I don't like talking about negativity or um, bad stuff. I like talking about fun stuff. And I feel like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is one of those fun things to talk about. Um, Loving, the loving of martial arts was another thing that I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is my jam. I love, you know, karate at the time. That's what everything, every martial arts was karate back then um but now it manifested in my life as very rigorous uh mma training (laughs) in my early 20s uh which led to some broken bones and some uh tournaments that i thoroughly look back on and say hey that was cool um but i i won't attribute all of that to tmnt but they were definitely a huge part of it also a huge part i think it's a 50 50 split it's between 50 percent tmnt and then 50 percent uh blood sport <laughs> as weird as that sounds when i was like eight or seven or something i think i saw blood sport with jean-claude van damme and it completely like threw me for a loop i was like there are so many different forms of martial arts and, and and there's this you know there's sumo wrestlers and there's you know kung fu guys and then there's kickboxers and th- it was eye-opening for me uh shame that you know it's based on a lie but i remember watching that movie and going i'm gonna make my own martial arts form this is this is a like an eight or seven year old kid i had my notebook out and i was drawing stick figures doing forms like this is the type of kick my martial arts will have this is the type of um, punch it'll do this is the type of combos it has and I vividly vividly remember trying to do this martial arts in my living room I was running I was jumping I was rolling I was kicking I was punching what I don't remember exactly how bad my form was but I can guarantee you it was trash I know it it was garbage but a lot of that uh came from blood sport and my just affinity for the ninja turtles uh there's a part in my article where i mention michelangelo's nunchucks if you grew up in the early 90s late 80s early 90s but not you probably owned a pair of fake nunchucks if just tell me if you recognize this they were hard plastic, 
connect two pieces of hard uh, cylinder uh, cylinder cylinders of uh, what is it? Hollow plastic. They were really hard, actually. Connected by a string, and then they put these thick, thick pieces of foam around them, and then handed them to children, and told them to whack each other with this thing. <laughs> I, I took a beating and also beat the living crap out of my friends with those fake nunchucks. That was the, the all those martial arts movies, TMNT, all those stuff really influenced my life. Uh, but Michelangelo in particular swinging those nunchucks. I remember the, the I had the pilot episode of the TMNT cartoon on VHS. My mother had purchased a couple of them because they were selling them at they were part of the McDonald's Happy Meals. Yeah, that's right. You you bought a meal and you can get a VHS tape. I would beg for those tapes from my mom. I got a couple of them. There's a moment in the pilot episode of that OG cartoon where the Foot Clan attacks and they they you know defend themselves and then they realize that they're robots. And Michelangelo, <laughs> uh, I think Raphael says they're robots. And Mike goes, "Robots, let's rock!" And he dives into the he, he rockets into the air. And then there's a, a frame of him coming down on top of the uh, the foot the foot clan swinging his nunchucks it's like this action scene. it's just him middle of the screen swinging these nunchucks flying down on the the foot clan and then absolutely trashing them i did that i tried to do that move by jumping off the couch so i would rewind the tape and whenever he said let's rock i would jump off the couch swinging these nunchucks and pretend I was kicking the crap out of the Foot Clan. Look, this is all to say, while TMNT are not technically black characters, they 100% belong on Super Black. Why? Because they are characters that I specifically identified with growing up. And to this day, I can identify with the TMNT on some level. I, I like to think that all four of them sort of make up an entire person in terms of personality. They all have aspects um, of a full person's personality, right? You know, rage, intelligence, uh, whimsy, and loyalty, right? They, they all sort of make up the characteristics of a full person. That's why they work as a team. Not when one of them goes off and tries to be, you know, a loner, like in the cartoon or whatever, they realize that they need their brothers. So as I'm growing up and getting older, I see myself, I see aspects of each one of them uh, pushing forward, pulling back. These days, I'm a lot more Donatello than I am Raphael. I try not to lean on rage and I lean more into tinkering and being a nerd and, and kind of uh, using my intelligence for, for good and for fun and to be creative. And also, I think my eyesight's going, so I'm going to need glasses soon. Uh, also, clutch move, adding glasses to Donatello. He didn't have them before. And the fact that the new generation, he has them now is, is, uh, is, a good, is a good bit. It's not a huge change, but it does exemplify his character of like, his eyesight sucks because he's just always staring at a computer, like me. Um, 
But throughout the course of my life, like I was a big nerd for Michelangelo very early on and then quickly jumped to Raphael. Not because I was angsty or anything, but he was just the coolest guy. And then I don't think there was ever a time I identified with Leonardo per se, but there was a time in my life where his personality matched mine. Not nece didn't necessarily identify with him ever. But then it, the older I got, had kids, Donatello became the de facto best turtle to me. Uh, my daughter actually asked me, like, Daddy, which Ninja Turtle is your favorite? And I immediately just said, oh, it's Donatello. Knowing in my mind that I wanted to say Raphael. But my body was like, no, that's not true. You don't like Raphael anymore. <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a Donnie guy now. And now, legit, every time I see Donatello, I'm like, that's my guy. That's the guy right there. That he's, he, he gets it. That dude understands the world. Um, so much so that I, I started collecting the, the figures again, and I'm, I'm, waited with, I'm waiting with bated breath for the new giant uh, TMNT mutant mayhem figure of Donatello and Michelangelo. They only have Raphael and Leonardo out, uh, which you can purchase uh, pretty simply, at, simply, pretty easily at Target now for your kids for the holiday season. I don't know why I just made that ad. You can do that. I don't, I don't care if you buy it. <laughs> I don't. I, I get no money for that. But definitely pick them up because they're amazing figures. Uh, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting for them to announce them so I can get them and complete my collection. Uh, Leo and Raph are are lonely here in terms of media consumption because this podcast usually talks about. Um, ways that you can engage with whatever topic. I purchased the last Ronin um, volume, like the whole thing, so I have to go back and read that, but I did start it. I read the first issue a long time ago, uh, right when it first came out, honestly, and I never uh, circled back, so if you haven't read it, please read it. Leave your comments uh, in the comment section of our YouTube podcast page that's the easiest play, way to get in touch with me uh about the the episodes outside of that that's kind of it for tmnt i don't really have much else to uh expand uh, expand on expound i'm using words that i don't even know what they mean anyway let me know in the comments how you feel about tmnt if you identify with them as well and you know, what, what cartoon characters did you identify with growing up uh, just in general? Let me know in the comments. Thank you so much for listening, for sticking with me or joining me on this journey of positive representation in pop culture. Uh, I won't promise new videos or anything. I usually do that and don't follow through. It's a pet peeve of my own. So what I will do is ask you to leave in the comments what kind of content you'd like to see come out of Super Black. Uh, if there's any specific characters you'd like an episode on, if there's anything you'd like us to cover in general in the you know realm of super black content, head over to super.black. Uh, if you don't know what we talk about or what we do and get a good sense of our mission statement on our About Us page, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend. You know I appreciate you. That's all I got for this episode, so have a great day. I'll see you guys next time. Full stop.